0: questions continue over the decision to go ahead with mass gatherings across the UK following the Edinburgh Nike conference COVID-19 outbreak. It's a week since the BBC Disclosure Programme, which revealed that the Scottish Government had not made findings of positive cases arising from the conference public. Here we speak to Edinburgh South MP Ian Murray about what he sees as a cover-up. Ian Murray, Edinburgh South MP, Shadow Secretary of State for Scotland. And now, Ian, you are um, at the forefront of calling the government, both the Scottish government and the UK government, to account over the Edinburgh Nike conference. Now, this came out in the BBC's Disclosure Programme last week, that there had been several people, at least 25 people, linked to the event who contracted... COVID-19 and eight of those were in Scotland and now you've gone just a little bit further today. Tell us a little about that.
1: Well I think it's important that both governments uh, give a proper explanation about why the public were not informed. The Scottish Government have said that they didn't inform the public because of patient confidentiality but also because they did everything they had to do as per the rules and guidelines that are there including informing Public Health England which is a UK government responsibility. So it's now up for both governments to Tell us why they didn't inform the public, why major sporting events were not cancelled until over a week later, and why the lockdown didn't happen until two weeks later. Because what the BBC Disclosure Programme has shown is that the scientific evidence and mathematical evidence shows that if you locked down two weeks earlier, you may have had a chance of saving far far more lives. I think they put the number at 2,000. So that's why I think we need a much better explanation of why they thought the public shouldn't be informed so they could make their own decisions about whether or not they attend events.
0: The First Minister at the media briefing um, earlier today said that one of the reasons why uh, there wasn't public notification of um, people in Edinburgh who had attended a conference um, is because at that stage the numbers of cases were quite low and it would have been quite easy for somebody to join up the dots and realise which conference it had been and that then amplifies this patient confidentiality issue and she said at that point really all they were trying to do was trying to deal with the virus um, so that for you is not a good enough excuse?
1: Well, it's not a good enough excuse for a number of reasons. The first reason being that when you're trying to control a virus, the thing that you have to do is identify the source. You have to track the people that have been there, trace where they have gone, and then isolate anyone who might be potentially affected after testing them to see if they have it. Now, it's come to light over the last few days that there's been many businesses, many organizations probably even many, many individuals who were in direct contact with people who'd been at that conference uh, and haven't been contacted by Public Health Scotland or the Scottish Government to make them aware that there was a problem. Uh, The Health Secretary herself said yesterday uh, that the only way, this is only as good as the people that are involved in these conferences telling them who they have been in contact with. So a public appeal may have made that easier. But secondly, it would have allowed the public to make big decisions for themselves. I've had many pieces of correspondence from the public who've said that they went to the Scotland France rugby match the following week. There were 67,000 there. Uh, They've gone to the Scottish Chamber Orchestra concert in the Glasgow City Halls the following weekend uh, as uh, people who are uh, a bit older, so should have been uh, making sure they were looking after themselves even better than than the the rest. And they would have made different decisions about not going to those concerts to protect themselves. So there really is no uh, patient confidentiality here because the legislation from the Scottish Parliament themselves says that if there's a wider public health issue, then patient confidentiality can be set aside, but even on this particular issue, you could have identified there was an outbreak without identifying who the people were that had been infected.
0: And even at uh, last Thursday's council meeting, it was the Policy and Sustainability Committee, which is the only live committee at this point, um, the chief executive was asked then by uh, a conservative um, councillor, Nick Cook, um, about the council's own involvement in the Nike conference um, issue. Now, what what the chief executive said to him at that stage was, you've already been told about this in the group leaders meeting, which is held behind closed doors, and I have nothing to add. So it seems that nobody is going to add to any of this conversation
1: well and that's why we need to get to the bottom of this and it seems to me that all the authorities that have either been informed been informed late Or are now being questioned on this, seem to want to double down on the fact that they've made decisions about not telling the public. And people are really concerned uh, about this. And the very fact that we have organisations, individuals, businesses, people who were using the hotel, I understand that maybe even people who were working in the hotel weren't informed there had been an outbreak. So all of this feeds into the fact that governments have been too slow, both at UK and Scottish level, A, to react and B, to put in place proper testing, proper tracing and proper isolation. For the people that have been infected to stop the press the, the spread of, of this virus, and that's been part of the, the the issues that we have here. And all we're asking for is not to be glibly. Um, put aside or, or put into a box to say uh, patient confidentiality which we know legislatively isn't entirely accurate or indeed they've done everything that they were asked to do um, this is a major major international crisis it's a pandemic that nobody could have could have foreseen coming and that's why i think the scottish government have to be pretty clear Uh, why they didn't inform the public. And if it is a case of the First Minister just saying, look, we're sorry, we should have perhaps done so or in hindsight and we started again, we would have done that and we'll make sure that we do that again, then that would be a good place to start. But just to be hiding behind glib excuses and the excuse you've given there of not wanting to talk about it in public at the council is simply not good enough in terms of the public interest and public health.
0: How do you think uh, both governments have dealt with the pandemic Since the beginning of March, I mean, perhaps in more recent times, we've now got um, a slightly different situation in England with uh, the UK government leading on that, on on the stay alert message, whereas all the other three, what we have to call the devolved administrations, I suppose, um, are still on the stay at home message. And the First Minister said today that there won't really be any Uh, easing of the lockdown regulations until probably the end of May Um, so how do you what kind of score out of 10 are you uh, are you giving them?
1: Well I I mean I I think it's too glib to do scores out of 10 but I'm just dealing with the big issues that are coming to me in terms of not just what constituents are uh, demanding and and bringing to me but also people across Scotland are bringing to me so um, you know in terms of the four nation approach I think it should be Uh, paramount for all governments to A, be working together and B, to have a UK-wide approach to this, otherwise the messaging does get confusing and what we don't want to do is for people to be confused about what their responsibilities are in helping themselves and their uh, fellow residents out of this p- potential crisis and that, and that's part of the problem that we have in diverging away from that UK-wide approach. Um, but we are due to see what the Scottish Government's um, policy is come Thursday and how the lockdown will be eased. We've been calling for a detailed analysis from both the UK and Scottish Governments since the very start of this um, pandemic pandemic to say, what is your strategy out of lockdown? What does that mean? And in terms of a Scottish context, until we start testing more than the pitiful amount that we're currently testing, then we can't get out of this properly without a vaccine. And in advance of that vaccine, we must be testing the vast majority of the public. And to be doing anywhere between two and 5,000 tests a day, when we should be doing fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty thousand 40,000 a day, is really not going to see us out of this properly in advance of a vaccine? And these are the key questions that the Scottish government are consistently asked and the UK government for that matter. And we consistently don't get a proper answer about why we're not trying to find a way of testing the vast majority of the population.
0: Can I ask you a little bit about um, how you as a Westminster MP are actually actually working at this stage? I am uh, presuming you may be in Edinburgh um, and I'm presuming that you're dealing with um government matters at a distance how is how is it how is your your day to day
1: well, I mean, the day-to-day is uh, busier than it's ever been. I mean, the the kind of uh, correspondence levels that we're getting from constituents are completely unprecedented. I thought the Brexit issue uh, was giving us uh, an increased workload, but this is uh, beyond anything we've ever seen, and quite rightly so, because the public are concerned about the issues going forward. They want to tell their own stories, but they also want to seek help for their, their businesses or their parents or their um, carers or... Um, looking after their jobs or their furlough scheme uh, or or kids going to school those kinds of issues so it's completely unprecedented and of course working virtually uh, is very good uh, in terms of keeping in touch with people so I've been doing uh, virtual online uh, surgeries I've been doing specific surgeries on things like business support and we had the Federation of Small Business and some business advisors and to help us with some of those surgeries as well we're doing virtual meetings with community groups to try and see if we can help coordinate uh, activities locally so Working from uh, remotely, not being in the office or at Parliament's been absolutely fine. Virtual Parliament's worked incredibly well, although we could, uh, we are demanding a little bit more time to be able to question ministers. But we seem to be, in terms of uh, MPs, um, be able to work uh, remotely and our teams are working remotely and I think it's working out quite well.
0: Great. And of course, on a Monday night, at eight o'clock, Mr. Murray, you run your uh, pub quiz, which is run on Zoom. So I'd perhaps better let you go and prepare for that.
1: You're very kind. Eight o'clock every Monday night. And that's just a good little bit of fun thing that we do uh, just to keep people involved. So I obviously used to run pubs and do a pub quiz every Monday night. So very well attended. Uh, People really enjoy it. And really just a bit bit of fun to divert away from the serious, serious work we do during the day.
0: Thank you very much, Ian Murray. Thanks for this. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye bye thank you so much for listening to the edinburgh reporter podcast listen out for more episodes
1: coming soon